Now, our Bible reading this morning is continuing our series looking at the book of Hebrews. Uh, We are on Hebrews chapter 7 uh, and verses 1 through to 19. And John Stronach is going to come and read that for us today. When When Abraham was returning home after winning a great battle against the kings, Melchizedek met him and blessed him. Then Abraham took a tenth of all he had captured in battle and gave it to Melchizedek. The name Melchizedek means king of justice and king of Salem means king of peace. There is no record of his father or mother or any of his ancestors, no beginning or end to his life. He remains a priest forever, resembling the son of God. Consider then how great this Melchizedek was. Even Abraham, the great patriarch of Israel, recognized this by giving him a tenth of what he had taken in battle. Now, the law of Moses required that the priests who are descendants of Levi must collect a tithe from the rest of the people of Israel, who are also descendants of Abraham. But Melchizedek who was not a descendant of Levi, collected a tenth from Abraham, and Melchizedek placed a blessing upon him. And Melchizedek placed a blessing upon Abraham, the one who had already received the promises of God. And without question, the person who has the power to give a blessing is greater than the one who is blessed. The priests who collect tithes are men who die, so Melchizedek is greater than they are because we are told that he lives on. In addition, we might even say that these Levites, the ones who collect the tithe, paid a tithe to Melchizedek when their ancestor Abraham paid a tithe to him. For although Levi wasn't born yet, The seed from which he came was in Abraham's body when Melchizedek collected the tithe from him. So, if the priesthood of Levi on which the law was based could have achieved the perfection God intended, why did God need to establish a different priesthood with a priest in the order of Melchizedek instead of the order of Levi and Aaron? And, If the priesthood is changed, the law must also be changed to permit it. For the priest we are talking about belongs to a different tribe whose members have never served at the altar as priests. What I mean is, our Lord came from the tribe of Judah and Moses never mentioned priests coming from that tribe. This change has been made very clear since a different priest, who is like Melchizedek, has appeared. Jesus became a priest not by meeting the physical requirement of belonging to the tribe of Levi, but by the power of a life that cannot be destroyed. As the psalmist pointed this out when he prophesied, You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood 
were set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law never made anything perfect, but now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. This is the word of the Lord. Now, if you do have your Bible with you this morning or you want to turn it up in the church Bible, uh, then we are on Hebrews chapter 7 this morning. And we're continuing our series thinking about how Jesus is greater. And in the last couple of weeks, we have thought about how Jesus is greater than the angels. And then last week, we thought about how Jesus is greater than Moses. And again, if you were here last week, uh, apologies for the audio quality of the video. I think you thought it was thundering in the man's garden. Out of all the days I could have chosen, in a glorious week last week, when it was still and calm, I must have chosen the windiest 15 minutes to put that, put that together. So apologies, apologies for that. Hopefully, however, you will have picked up the gist of the, the message from last week, that whilst Moses was, was faithful in all that he did, that he did it as a servant. However, Jesus was not only faithful, but he was also in charge of God's house. That's the kind of analogy that's being used uh, in Hebrews. Uh, also in charge of God's house as the son. And he deserves far more glory than Moses. Now, today we're going to continue our theme of greater, and we're moving on uh, to Hebrews chapter 7. Now, in this passage this morning, we're going to think about two people who are contrasted with Jesus. One who is well-known and one who is less well-known. And they are Abraham. I'm sure we are maybe aware of who Abraham is. And Melchizedek. And you might be thinking, well, who who is Melchizedek? Well, we'll come to that in a moment or two. So we have Abraham, firstly, in this passage. And we must remember here that those to whom the writer of the Hebrews is writing would be more than aware of who Abraham is. Because in many ways, Abraham was the founding father of the Israelites. He's the one whom God made a covenant with. Do you remember that back in Genesis? Because God promises Abraham descendants and a land. And remember the whole story of Abraham and how he was an old man. He ended up being a hundred and eventually Isaac was born. So we find that uh, story of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and further on. And to understand how revered Abraham was, remember what John the Baptist said in Luke's gospel. Because he says to the crowds that are being baptized by him, Don't just say to each other, we are safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. So we can see that for the Jews, Abraham was at the very center of their faith. He was the pillar on whom they built all their hopes. And so probably as we come to worship today, we're probably quite aware of of who Abraham is is. But in our passage today, we see that it's made clear that there is someone 
who is greater than Abraham. And that person is Melchizedek. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, who is Melchizedek? When you read your children uh, or your grandchildren out of their children's Bible, and you read all the stories through, and you think about Joseph, and you think about Abraham, and you think about Moses and Daniel in the lion's den, and then you get to the New Testament, Melchizedek is probably not someone that is mentioned. He isn't, after all, a mainstream figure in the Old Testament. He is fairly obscure. He only appears very briefly in Genesis chapter 14 and is then referred to in Psalm 110. They are the only places that Melchizedek appears in the Old Testament. And Hebrews chapter 7 it summarizes really what happens in Genesis chapter 14 in the past. Because it tells us of a story that Abraham returns after winning a great battle against uh, some other kings. And as he returns after winning this battle, this man Melchizedek comes and meets Abraham. Now Melchizedek means a king of justice, and he's also said to be a priest. Now the fact that The fact is that in Genesis chapter 14, little is recorded about Melchizedek. He just suddenly appears. No genealogy is given. Quite often in the Old Testament, you'll have someone appear and it'll say, and their father was, and their father was, or their son was, and it'll give you a kind of potted history, but not with Melchizedek. No genealogy is given. He just appears, and then just as swiftly, he disappears. But when Abraham meets Melchizedek, two significant things happen. I wonder if you noticed them. Firstly, Melchizedek blesses Abraham. He blesses Abraham. And then secondly, Abraham gives Melchizedek a tenth of all he has captured in battle. So those two things, a blessing, and then Melchizedek takes a tenth of all that the Abraham, or Abraham rather gives Melchizedek a tenth of all he's captured in battle. And because of these two actions, the writer to the Hebrews asks us in verse 4 to consider how great Melchizedek was. You see, remember here, here's Abraham, and he's the great patriarch of Israel. He's the one in whom the Israelites have, have built everything. He's the one who received the covenant from God of descendants and a land. And yet what happens here? It's Abraham that's giving a tenth to Melchizedek, and it's Melchizedek that bestows the blessing. And the writer to the Hebrews makes clear in verse 7 that without question, the person who has the power to give a blessing is greater than the one who is blessed. So what we see here is that even though Abraham is clearly great, that Melchizedek is shown to be greater. That's the whole point here. But it isn't the end of the story. You see, the whole point of Hebrews chapter 7 is not to show how great Melchizedek is. The purpose is far greater than that. Because what the 
writer to the Hebrews wants to go on to show is that Jesus is like Melchizedek. Okay? Are you with me so far? All right? So we've worked out so far, Abraham is great. Melchizedek is greater. And what have we learned about Jesus? He's like Melchizedek. It's a bit like these logic puzzles that you get sometimes in maths. You know the ones? Here's one here. Okay, a hen weighs the same as a cat and an owl. Two hens weigh the same as three turtles. A cat weighs the same as an owl and a turtle. How many owls weigh the same as a cat? Ever done one of those puzzles? that, That is a mighty tough one. Okay, my wife who's a maths teacher really struggled with it. But I got the right answer. So, okay, your test for this morning. I want to hear your answer at the door. But also... If you do give me an answer at the door and it's the correct answer, I know you've not been listening to the sermon this morning, all right? Okay. So the logic, the logic here in Hebrews chapter 7 is that Moses, or sorry, Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. Melchizedek is like Jesus and therefore Jesus is greater than Abraham. That's the logic. That's the logic. Now, the question here is, well, in what way is Jesus the same as Melchizedek? What's the comparison that the writer to the Hebrews is making here? What is it that makes Jesus greater than Abraham? Well, a few weeks ago, we thought about how, in many ways, the Old Testament is a shadow of the reality that is to come in the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, you have lots of pictures of what's to come in the New Testament, and also various foreshadowings of of Jesus. For example, if you think about the story of Joseph, there's lots in that Joseph story that are actually a bit like what happens in Jesus' life. And so there's a foreshadowing there. And so in the Old Testament, we see something of the Messiah who is to come. And what's been shown here is how Jesus is like Melchizedek. You see, Melchizedek was a priest, but he wasn't a priest in the regular way. Later, the law of Moses would prescribe that the priestly tribe was from Levi, hence the Levites. Melchizedek didn't fit that mold. He had no genealogy. We don't really know where he came from. And of course, neither did Jesus, because Jesus was not from the tribe of Levi. He was from the tribe of of Judah. Melchizedek had no genealogy and we're told nothing about his birth or his death. That's not to say these things didn't happen, but they just aren't recorded. There's no record of them. And of course, although Jesus' human genealogy is recorded in both Matthew and Luke, the reality is that Jesus is from everlasting. And because he's fully God, he doesn't have a genealogy in the same way. Now in verse 11, we see that the writer to the Hebrews points out that the Levitical priesthood failed, that it didn't achieve the the perfection that was needed. In other words, it was imperfect. And so uh, all that you see in the Old Testament with the temple and all the sacrifices that are being made, it was kind of temporary. It didn't really work. It was just a symbol of what was to come. Another priesthood was needed. 
Not one that came from Levi, but one that was in the order of Melchizedek, i.e., one that's greater, that predates the Levitical priesthood, and one that does bring perfection. And so what's being pointed out here in Hebrews chapter 7 is that Jesus is the great high priest coming from the tribe of Judah. And because he is a priest in a different order, he brings perfection. He is a priest whose life cannot be destroyed. He is God. And he has been resurrected from the dead. And this was pointed out in the other place where Melchizedek is mentioned in the Old Testament. In Psalm 110. Because Jesus is a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. You see, we saw last week with Moses the old covenant, the law with its rules, its priestly system, its sacrifices, could not in reality take away sin or destroy its power. As verse 18 says, the priesthood was weak and useless. And as verse 19 says, the law never made anything perfect. Therefore, something else is needed. Someone else is needed. Someone better. Someone greater. Someone greater than the old way as symbolized here by Abraham. And the writer to the Hebrews wants to point out that we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. And this really is the point. You see, Jesus is greater than Abraham. He's in the order of Melchizedek. And he has a purpose. Because he is the great high priest who's able to make atonement for our sin. He's not following the line of the Levitical priesthood which failed. He is greater. Because it's through him, through Jesus, that we can draw near to God. You see, sacrifices of animals done by a failing priesthood cannot take away sin. But Jesus, well, Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. And he is the great high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Jesus is the way to the Father. He is the truth and he is the life. And there is no other way. And so following the logic of this passage today, that Melchizedek is greater than Abraham, that Jesus is in the order of Melchizedek, and therefore Jesus is greater than Abraham. Do you recognize Jesus as greater? Do you recognize Jesus as greater? That he is the one from everlasting. That he is the one who has conquered death. That he is the one whose, whose priesthood lasts forever and who continues to intercede for us. Do we recognize that it's through Jesus and only him that we can approach God. You see, we might look at a passage like this today. We might scratch our heads a little bit. Okay, understand a bit about Abraham, Melchizedek. Blows my mind. Don't know who this is. But we see the logic, don't we? 
What the writer's saying here is what happened in the Old Testament was weak. It was a symbol of what was to come. But now the true reality has come. Yes, there were priests in the Old Testament. They sacrificed animals. But really, it wasn't able to take away sin, that whole system. Therefore, someone else had to come. Who's come? Oh, Jesus has come. And he's like that obscure character Melchizedek. The one who bestowed a blessing upon Abraham. And Jesus is in his line. You see, this morning, what I want us to think about is so often in our lives we try to earn our salvation, don't we? We go back to to law-keeping. That's our default mode sometimes, isn't it? I just want to be a good person. And if I'm a good person, I'll get to heaven. That's what the world thinks, isn't it? That's what I hear so often. Yeah, that's not the Christian message. What's the Christian message? Well, the Christian message is that we're all sinners who need God's grace. That the old way of sacrifices and law can't save us. Therefore, we need someone. And someone has come. He's in the order of Melchizedek. He's greater than Abraham. And do you know something? He's also greater than you and me. You see, sometimes we put ourselves as king and queen in our life, don't we? We think, I can just earn my way with God. God will accept me, surely. I'm not as bad as the neighbor down the road. I'm not as bad as those people in prison. But the reality is we're all sinners. We all fall short of God's glory. And we need a Messiah. We need someone in the order of Melchizedek. And Jesus has come. So I want you to see this morning, Jesus is greater. He's greater than Abraham. He's in the order of Melchizedek. He's greater than you and I. Do we give him the glory that he alone is due? Shall we just pray together? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we look at this passage this morning, we recognize that it's only through Jesus that we can approach you. Because it's only Jesus who is the way, who is the truth, who is the life. That it's only the sacrifice of Jesus at the cross that can truly deal with our sin, past, present, and future. And we thank you for this passage today that shows us that Jesus is in the order of Melchizedek. And that Melchizedek was clearly shown in the Old Testament to be greater than Abraham. The Lord God, even though the Old Covenant came through people like Abraham and through Moses, that the New Covenant has come through Jesus. That though the old ways are passing away, that the new way will never pass away. Because Jesus is a priest in the order of Melchizedek forever and ever and is forever interceding for us. Heavenly Father, help us to be bold, to humble ourselves before you this day, to bow the knee before you and to recognize that Jesus is greater.
that he is the greatest and that he deserves all our praise, all our worship. So, Heavenly Father, speak to us through your word today and help us to give Christ the glory that he alone is due. For we pray these things in his name. Amen.